two Kentucky horse racing stable owners had developed a keen rivalry. Each spring, they both entered a horse in a local race. One of them thought that having a professional rider might give his horse an edge in the race. So he hired a hotshot jockey. Well, the day of the race finally came, and as usual, their two horses were leading the race right down to the last fence. But that final fence was too much for both of the horses. Both of them fell, and both riders were thrown, but that did not stop the professional jockey. He remounted quickly and easily won the race. When he got back to the stable, he found the horse owner was so angry. He really did not understand his behavior because he had won the race. So the jackie asked, what's the matter with you? I won the race, didn't I? The red-faced owner nodded, oh yes, you won the race, but you won it on the wrong horse. <laughs> Dear friends in Christ Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in the Gospel, he gives us nine attitudes for us to be happy. And that will help us to ride on the, on the right horse to find our life meaningful on earth to reap the reward of salvation in heaven. The Gospel of Matthew chapters 5, 6, 7, we have Sermon of Jesus. This section of scripture has come to be known as Sermon on the Mount. It is called Sermon on the Mount because in chapter 5, Matthew tells us that when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, sat down, and began to preach, teaching the people the mysteries of the kingdom of God. What was to follow was amazing. Jesus taught in a way that he had never taught before. He spoke with authority. He spoke in plain language. He spoke of deep spiritual truth. And today, the gospel presents to us the Sermon on the Mount, the particular passage known as Beatitudes. The word blessed can be translated as happiness. And Jesus gives us nine attitudes that we need to have to make our life meaningful on earth. And number one, we need an attitude of humility. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. By talking about Jesus poor, of, poor in spirit, Jesus is saying that this is opposite of self-sufficiency. Poor in spirit speaks of those who realize that they are total helplessness and lost apart from God. The word sounds like contradiction. Happy are the poor. 
being poor does not sound like there would be so much happiness does it but being rich also may not bring happiness either jesus is teaching that the true happiness is not based on external circumstances but on internal attitude be attitude in other words your happiness should not depend on the right circumstances but on your right attitude circumstances can change circumstances will change but person having a right attitude he can be happy no matter what the circumstances are saint paul in his letter to philippines he say i rejoice in my poverty in my prosperity circumstances can change and it will change if a person having a right attitude he can be happy no matter blessed are the poor in spirit if they have the right attitude and second attitude jesus would talk in the gospel today we need an attitude of repentance and if you substitute the word happy for the word blessed this verse would say would, would read this way happy are those who mourn for they will be comforted this does not sound quite right to us does it how can someone be happy when they are mo- when they are in mourning how can someone be happy when they are crying how can there be happiness when there is sadness and my dear friends happiness depends on what you are crying over happiness depends on what you are crying about i am crying if i am crying about the sin in my life i should be happy because that means i am taking the sin in my life serious that i am concerned about it if i laugh about the sin in my life that means i am not taking it serious enough if i ignore the sin in my life that means i do not want to deal with it if i cry ab- cry about that means i have looked at it and i see the seriousness of the situation and if i cry about it that means that i realize how much it affects me my relationship with god my relations with with my family friends the working place and so on i need to do something about it i need to cry for my sins for my bad behavior i need to repentance and repentance is the second step to happiness and the third attitude we need an attitude of teachability blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth most people seem to think that meek means weak a spineless person without any backbone at all but in the original language meek is used taming a wild animal bridling a horse the word meek is a picture of power under control so when we talk about meek person we are talking about whose life has been brought under the influence of the holy spirit god is in control 
of his life or her life what this beatitude tells us blessed are the meek they shall inherit the earth and i am drive my life allow god to be my navigator it is like saying jesus i shall drive you just tell me where to go if you say turn left i will turn left if you say turn right i will turn right if you say turn around i shall turn around i am turning my destination over to you the person who is meek are sensitive to the divine will of god the meek are not easily provoked or irritated they are not proud they are self they are not self sufficient stubborn they are not unmanageable or ill tempered in fact jesus himself he says he was meek take my yoke upon you and learn of me for i am meek and lowly in heart and the fourth attitude is the attitude of righteousness blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled let me ask you what are you starving for what are you hungry for what is the deepest desire of your heart what is it that you long for more than anything else that is what jesus is talking about when he says blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled a young man came to socrates and told him that he wanted knowledge the philosopher told the young man follow me and led him to the edge of the ocean and into the water without warning socrates grabbed the young man and plunged him beneath the water and held him there until the young man stopped struggling then socrates pulled the young man out of the water gasping for air socrates then dragged the boy to the shore let him there on the sand and returned to the marketplace when the young man recovered he sought out socrates again asked him why he tried to drown him socrates replied when you were under the water what did you want more than anything else the young man replied i wanted to breathe i needed air socrates responded by saying when you crave knowledge like you craved air then you may be able to find it and my dear friends what do you long for do you long for righteousness do you long for godly things in your lives in your family is righteousness the desire of your heart bible says we need to have starvation hunger a starvation a drive for righteousness a drive for god's will in our life definitely we will be filled and number 5 we need an attitude of mercy blessed are those who show mercy and they will be shown mercy and the scripture says be merciful as your heavenly father is merciful and someone said if our greatest need was for information god would have sent an educator if our greatest need was for technology god would have sent scientist if our greatest need was for pleasure god would have sent an entertainer if our greatest need was for money 
God would have sent an economist. But since our greatest need for mercy, God sent his son, the Savior, to redeem from the clutches of sin. God showed us mercy. And God wanted us to show mercy to others. Be merciful as your heavenly Father is mercy. God makes the sun shine upon good and evil one. God pours out the rain and good and evil people. And God is merciful and in the same way we are also called to reflect God's mercy in our life. And the sixth attitude, we need an attitude of purity. Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Now here is a beatitude which demands that we should stop and examine ourselves. The Greek word for pure has a number of interesting information. Purity, it was used for dirty clothes that had been washed clean. And it was used to describe grain and flour that had been carefully sifted, cleansed of all impurities. It was used when describing milk or wine that had not been mixed with any other liquid. It's not diluted or watered down. It was pure. So this beatitude could be translated, Blessed is the man who is genuine in heart, who is authentic, who is not phony, because such a man will see God. Now what does it mean? It means one is pure, it means one is holy. It does not mean one is perfect, but that we strive to be clean, pure, holy. We take the mask off. We quit being phony. We quit pretending to be the person you are not. We become honest to God. We become honest to ourselves. We become honest to each other. We strive to be pure in heart. And this is why St. Paul, he writes to Timothy, say, Flee from youthful passions. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. And my dear friends, the final one, we need an attitude of peacemaking. Blessed are the peacemaker, for they shall be called sons of God. God wants us to be peacemaker, not peace breakers. He wants us to be part of the solution not the problem. There are two kinds of people in the world, thermostat people and thermometer people. A thermometer reflects the climate of the room. If the room is cold, it is cold. If the room is hot, it is hot. But the thermostat can change the climate of the room. By its setting, a thermostat can change cold room into one that is warm, or a hot room into that is cool. And a peacemaker is a thermostat person. A peacemaker can change the climate of the room when he or she walks in. Have you ever seen that happen? Have you ever been in a room where everybody is negative and complaining? Everything is going wrong. Then a thermostat person enters the room, soon says something that causes people to say, we never thought of it like that. The whole climate changes. God wants peacemakers in the church. 
God wants peacemakers in the workplace. God wants peacemakers out in the world. People who never dwell on the negative, but concentrate on the positive and see the good things, what God is doing in his church and in the world. And my dear friends, these seven attitudes, humility, happiness, humility, repentance, teachability, righteousness, mercy, purity, and peacemaking. And definitely we need to have these attitudes. Jesus wants us, and definitely we will find our life on earth meaningful and reap the reward of eternal salvation. Amen.